Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Remember that yesterday I pointed out that the answer to poorly used authority isn't no authority, it's right or justly used authority. Similarly and relatedly, true freedom isn't the absence of authority or being one's own authority, it's being submitted to the right authority. Hey Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible where we read through every word of God's scriptural revelation of himself and consider our own life and work stories in light of that and today particularly in light of Jesus and how we're going to do something a little different again today. Most days here, Monday through Saturday, I shoot to have a segment in each New Testament, Old Testament, wisdom, and then a little reflection at the end. But all that is subject to making it all fit into a time slot that's about the same duration every day. So if our first priority is reading the Bible, and today I really want to highlight something again, sometimes it's just important to add a little something because it begs for a comment like yesterday and today. So today we pause our New Testament segment and get on with the day, uh, beginning with our wisdom segment, Psalm 2, and then to our Old Testament segment, the whole book of Malachi in that order, because it's one of the most important, Psalm 2 is one of the most important Psalms, and Malachi is the very last book of the Old Testament that ends in a special way. Psalm 2 is one of those just messianic psalms that is explicitly messianic or as explicitly as it gets in the old testament and it's one of the most important because of that now remember yesterday that again i pointed out that it's not about there being authority or no authority or i i I get my way when i it's my own authority but that we need to look to right authority so to introduce psalm 2 here is a comment from uh a comment uh A commentary by Mark Futado. Why are the nations so angry? That sounds rather dissonant against the harmony a couple verses later. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. In Psalm 2, the reality of hostility resounds in the believer's ears. The nations are raging against the Lord and his anointed king. There is a conspiracy afoot, and the goal of this conspiracy is is autonomy, liberation from God's authority. And that means from the authority of his anointed king. The Davidic kings were certainly the subjects of this raging from time to time and to varying degrees, but this raging reached its climax when Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, the Lord's most holy servant, whom he had anointed. Uh, which you would read more about in Acts chapter 4. Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and his anointed one. And they say, let's tear off their chains and throw their ropes off of us. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord ridicules them. Then he speaks to them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. 
I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with an iron scepter. You will shatter them like pottery. So now, kings, be wise. Receive instruction, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoice with trembling. Pay homage to the sun, or he will be angry, and you will perish in your rebellion, for his anger may ignite at any moment. All who take refuge in him are happy. And that is Psalm 2. I'm going to point out one other thing here, and it's a tiny little theology lesson. Verse 7 there said, I will, dec- I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And that is quoted, that verse is quoted in Matthew, Luke, Acts, and Hebrews in the, no- in the New Testament. But let me point out one other technical detail. The word decree there isn't like you or I making an announcement or a statement in theology, the divine decree uh, is God's eternal plans that he has made for his creation that are now being worked out in the lives of his creatures. Now note that this goes back to the very nature and character of God because his decree is eternal. So not only does this verse indicate that the son is eternal, but that the relationship of father and son is eternal. And as I mentioned yesterday, at the end of Matthew, Jesus said, what? I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. But if you want true freedom, to riff off of John chapter 8, 32, he puts it, you will know the truth, the word, you'll know the word, you'll know the knowledge and the person, and the truth shall set you free. Ultimately, this is Jesus delivering final justice defeating the kings of the earth with an iron scepter and shattering them like pottery, like we heard in Psalm 2, verse 2, which is his delivery of justice for those who, what? Don't submit to perfect, righteous justice and authority. Wisdom, my friends, includes submitting to the right authority and or avoiding the consequence or outcome of uh, not doing so. What did the very final verse of Psalm 2 say? What is the outcome of such wisdom? If we, um, if we uh, follow the one true authority and king, happiness. There it is. My friends, that gets us to the very last book of the Bible, which is Malachi. And we're going to read the whole thing today. It's four chapters. Um, in the context here, Having been restored to their land after exile, those now living in Judah uh, that we just got done reading about in Ezra and Nehemiah have grown disappointed with their current reality. It was supposed to be better than this, right? They're like, well, wait a minute. Why, Why is there still suffering? Why is there still junk in the world? Well, in their disillusionment, they have grown complacent and half-hearted in their devotion to and worship of Yahweh. And the community has despised and defiled and profaned and soiled God's reputation by their abominations and worship and by their marital unfaithfulness. And so we'll just get rolling with the book of Malachi. And then we'll, at the end, we'll close with a thought. Malachi, uh, the whole caboodle. A pronouncement 
a word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, yet you ask, how have you loved us? Wasn't Esau Jacob's brother? This is the Lord's declaration. Even so, I loved Jacob, but I hated Esau. I turned his mountains into wasteland and gave his inheritance to the desert jackals. Though Edom says, We have been devastated. We will rebuild the ruins. The Lord of armies says this, They may, re they may build, but I will demolish. They will be called a wicked country, and the people of the Lord and the people the Lord has cursed forever. Your own eyes will see this, and you yourselves will say, The Lord is great even beyond the borders of Israel. A son honors his father and a servant his master, but if I am father, where is my honor? And if I am master, where is your fear of me, says the Lord of armies, to you priests who despise my name? Yet you ask, How have we despised your name? by presenting defiled food on my altar. How have we defiled you, you ask, when you say the Lord's table is contemptible? When you present a blind animal for sacrifice, is it not wrong? And when you present a lame or sick animal, is it not wrong? Bring it to the, your governor. Would he be pleased with you and show you favor, asks the Lord of armies. And now plead for God's favor. Will he be gracious to us? Since this has come from your hands, will he show any favor to you? Asks the Lord of armies. I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would no longer kindle a useless fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of armies, and I will not accept your offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations from the rising of the sun to its setting. Incense and pure offerings will be presented in my name in every place because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of armies. But you are profaning it when you say, the Lord's table is defiled and its product, its food is contemptible. You also say, look, what a nuisance. And you scorn it, says the Lord of armies. You bring stolen, lame, or sick animals. You bring this as an offering. Am I to accept that from your hands? Asks the Lord. The deceiver is cursed who has an acceptable male in his flock and makes a vow but sacrifices a defective animal to the Lord. For I am the great king, says the Lord of armies, and my name will be feared among the nations. Therefore this decree is for you priests. If you don't listen, and if you don't take it to heart to honor my name, says the Lord of armies, I will send a curse among you, and I will curse your blessings. In fact, I have already begun to curse them because you are not taking it to heart. Look, I am a, going to rebuke your descendants, and I will spread animal waste over your faces. <laughs> you had heard it right here, by friends. It's in the Bible. The Lord's going to spread dog poop on your face if you don't take care. Take pay attention here. Look. I'm going to rebuke your descendants and I will spread animal waste over, <laughs> over your faces. Sorry, boy jokes here. The waste from your festival sacrifices and you will be taken away with it. Then you will know that I sent you this decree so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of armies. My covenant with him was one of life and peace and I gave these to him. It called for reverence and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. 
True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and integrity, and turned many from iniquity. The lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should desire instruction from his mouth, because he is the messenger of the Lord of armies. You, on the other hand, have turned from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. You have violated the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of armies. So I, in turn, have made you despised and humiliated before all the people, because you are not keeping my ways, but showing partiality in your instruction. Don't all of us have one Father? Didn't one God create us? Why then do we act treacherously against one another, profaning the covenant of our ancestors? Judah has acted treacherously, and a detestable act has been done in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the Lord's sanctuary, which he loves, and he is, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob the man who does this, whoever he may be, even if he presents an offering to the Lord. This is another thing you do. You are covering the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer respects your offerings or receives them gladly from your hands. And you ask, why? Because even though the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth, you have acted treacherously against her. She was your marriage partner and your wife by covenant. Didn't God make them one and give them a portion of spirit? What is the one seeking? Godly offspring. So watch yourselves carefully so that no one acts treacherously against the wife of one's youth. If he hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord God of Israel, he covers his garment with injustice, says the Lord of armies. Therefore, watch yourselves carefully and do not act treacherously. You, you have wearied the Lord with your words, and yet you ask him, how have we wearied him? When you say, everyone who does what is evil is good in the Lord's sight, and he is delighted with them, or else, where is the God of justice? You see, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Then the Lord you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant you delight in. See, he is coming, says the Lord of armies. But who can endure this day of his coming? And who will be able to stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and a launderer's bleach. He will be like a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. Then they will present offerings to the Lord in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will please the Lord as in the days of old and years gone by. I will come to you in judgment, and I will be ready to witness against sorcerers and adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker, the widow, and the fatherless, and against those who deny justice to the resident alien. They do not fear me, says the Lord of armies, because I, the Lord, have not changed. You, descendants of Jacob, have not been destroyed." Since the days of your ancestors you have turned from my statutes, you have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of armies. Yet you ask, how can we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. How do we rob you, 
you ask? By not making the payments of the tenth and the contributions, you are suffering under a curse, yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of armies. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not ruin the produce of your land or your vine in your field will not fail to produce fruit, says the Lord of armies. And then all the nations you will consider you fortunate, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of armies. Your words are against me. Your words against me are harsh, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we spoken against you? You have said, it is useless to serve God. What have we gained by keeping his requirements and walking mournfully before the Lord of armies. So now we consider the arrogant to be fortunate. Not only do those who commit wickedness prosper, but they even test God and escape. At that time, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. The Lord took notice and listened. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and had high regard for his name. They will be mine says the Lord of armies, my possession on the day I am preparing, my own possession on the day I am preparing. I will have compassion on them as a man has compassion on his son who serves him. So you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. For look, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, when all the arrogant and everyone who commits wickedness will become stubble. The coming day will consume them, says the Lord of armies, not leaving them root or branches. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and and you will go out and playfully jump like calves from the stall. You will trample the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the days I am preparing, says the Lord of armies. Remember, Remember the instruction of Moses, my servant, the statutes and ordinances I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Look, I am going to send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. My friends, That is the book of Malachi. Now, I want you to listen. I'm going to go a little long here because I'm going to tie this all together. Listen to that. It's God speaking. It's covenant language, that thing that we just heard. Remember that Jesus, the promised Messiah, said that John the Baptist was the promised Elijah. And remember, too, that there was 400 years of silence between this and Jesus. So, listen to this. The same Messiah written about 500 years earlier in Psalm 2 is the promised Messiah here in Malachi, or the one being promised, and then 400 years of silence. So let me just encourage you that even as we anxiously await Jesus' return, we are in a good spot. God keeps his promises, even if it seems like a long time to us. And my friends, what is right relationship with people? Well, part of it, like we talked about yesterday, importantly distinguishes between worth and identity from 
role, right? Distinguish worth and identity from role. And part of the final restoration is a restoration of right relationship that includes role. So let me, re- let me close with that again, just in case you didn't make the connection. Malachi 4, verse 6 says, And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. The answer to poorly used authority isn't no authority or self-authority. It's recognizing that all authority has been delegated from and is subject to authority marked by righteousness and justice. For us here and now, in a world stained with sin, it's why those in authority over us are held to higher account for what they do, or how they do, or don't use the authority that has been delegated to them. I love you, my friends. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen.